good for, ending for us. Yeah. For us. Um, yeah. Welcome, you guys, to Dizzy for DZ. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And I guess we do intros, like uh, real intros now. We yes. went so many episodes without actually doing them. I know. And now we introduce ourselves. Um, well, I feel like we get new people every week. So at least according yeah, to our numbers. True. So it doesn't hurt to introduce ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're talking about Senshel Kapma Volume 8 today. And yeah, how do you feel about this episode? It was, it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't um, mine either, but it felt necessary, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I still think, um, I don't know. I think last episode was good, obviously, up till the very end. But I think overall, episode four still has my heart the most. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a great episode. Yeah. So um, I don't think – oh, I do – I will read a couple of um, fan insights that I got permission to share. Mm-hmm. Um, one I'll get into once we get to a certain part about Khan because it's more like about him and um, Sarah Khan. But um, – I wanted to share something that uh, a, a Twitter user tagged us in. And the Twitter user, uh, her name's Liz, and she tagged us in a tweet that was from someone named Iman. And it was just really simple, but I liked it because she just said, or they, I don't know. I don't know if it was, I'm a, I always assume it's a girl, but I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um so they said, I'm so intrigued by the similarities between Edda and Aidan that are increasingly becoming obvious. Two artists with so much sass, so much life, who hide their traumatic past from everyone. Edda may be helping Aidan, but I feel like she'll help Edda heal just as much. Hmm. And I just, I liked that little, that little like thought and insight. So. Yeah. Um, I like that, that. There's a bit of a parallel right there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure I shared that. And I wanted to say, welcome to all the new con, or I'm sorry, welcome to all the new Melo and uh, Ferit shippers because <laughs> that happened a lot this episode. People were like, oh my gosh, those two should be together. Like, look at them. And I was like, welcome. We've been here for a few weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So um, anyhow, yeah. Do you have anything else or should we get right I don't into think it? so. Yeah. All let's right. Just dive in. Okay. So we we have to see the scene again, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Unfortunately. And, you know, after, excuse me, after the fact, we see the, the fallout with everybody else now. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked that we get to see this because... I like the fact that everybody is upset and mm-hmm. everybody is, is upset with Sarkhan. They're all like, what are you doing? How, like, you obviously know that she didn't do this. And I just really appreciated that. And Sarkhan is stomping around, you know, being uh, an angry little elf animal. <laughs> yeah. And he he's like, <laughs> I compared a character to like a disgruntled baby bear before and this is to me that's totally Sarkhan. Absolutely. Like, the way he acts a lot of the time, I'm like he's like he's like a mad baby bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just stomping around being angry, taking it out on everybody else. Yep. 
that's ex- you're right. That's exactly what he's doing because he's lost his dang mind. Like, yeah, and he totally. will not listen to reason. And no, you know, everyone's mad, like you said, because even they know Edo would never do this. Yeah, like, and you know, all he's he's screaming at Ingen to like figure out what the factory is, blast that factory, blow it up, make sure they can't ever make anything again. Which yeah. you know, I get that does need to happen. But then I love it because Angan yells at him. And I think this yep. is the first time we've ever seen him raise his voice to Serkan. Yeah. He always calls him out. He always tries to reason with him. Right. But he never gets this upset. And mm-hmm. he's clearly emotional about this. Yes. Because, you know, and he says, uh, Edda didn't do this and you know it. Like, he tells him, like, you know it too. Yep. Have you seen her eyes? They smile when she's with you. Yep. And now this is the second time now Serkan has said – basically that that's not true like he disagrees Mm -hmm. and he's like listen that's just who she is her eyes would be smiling whether or not i was in her life trust me she would be actually happier if i weren't in her life yeah and it's go ahead well because last episode he says that to he essentially says that to celine Mm -hmm. when they're at dinner so this is like it's very clear that in sarkhan's mind like he is just like a uh like a bug in her shoe, like a, an annoyance to her existence. Well, and he seems to think he doesn't deserve her love specifically mm-hmm. or her affection or her mm-hmm. attention. Be- and I wouldn't say that he thinks he's undeserving of love in general because Celine obviously was head mm-hmm. over heels in love with him. But he he does – he obviously puts Ada's uh, – affection and her her good opinion mm-hmm. on a higher level than other people's yes so there's there's something there and he's obviously self-conscious because why else would he say something like that mm-hmm. so we're we're seeing how the two of them really bring out each other's insecurities yeah yep and, you know, and I love even – because even Peril calls him out. She does. And she's well, and done. And he's like, this, this is um, – he's like, you know, work and life are, are my own business. And she's like, no, actually, your work is also my business. Yeah. Because I'm a partner in this freaking company. Mm-hmm. So she – I feel like she's had it with yeah. Sarah Khan and with this whole situation. And I don't blame her. Not at all. Because she – you know, he, like you said, he lashes out. So she's like, okay, I'm out of here. And she walks out. Angan then, you know, follows her. Mm-hmm. And I love it because before he does, he looks at Serkan and he's like, get a grip. Yep. And then. Yeah, he's like, wake up, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's so, wrong with you? Get a hold of yourself. Yep. Yeah. So he and Perel have like just a quick little moment. They kind of, he kind of mm-hmm. helps like break the tension, makes a little joke and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then. And then we, uh, Engin calls, we get a quick o- over to Celine because Engin has to break the news that this is what happened. Um, and then we see that Peril has come over to her house. So we can, we'll get back to that. But I think that one of the true heroes of this episode is Safi. Amen. Listen, <laughs> we already, we already loved him. Do, he had a place in our heart, like from episode one maybe two. Oh yeah this cemented his his rank in, in but the yes such a 
you know, hierarchy of characters. Yes. Amen. <laughs> and even later on, too, like, when we get to that moment, like, you know, you already know what moment I'm talking about. But- yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just love him. There were, like, three three great moments with Safi in Absolutely. this episode. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I love you so much. He's just so upset. <laughs> fact that he's he's like all teary-eyed and kind of crying and Idan is just shocked she can't deal she's like what the heck you're so emotional about this and he's like she's like an angel she didn't deserve this um and Idan's like when did you get so attached to this girl what the Mm -hmm. heck is going on and but say if he defends her and he's like you know didn't you just hold hands with the girl two days ago like, what about you? Aren't you upset about this? And so she's she's kind of, like, defending Serkan. But at the same time, she's like, yeah, you know, he, prob- he definitely didn't do the right thing in this situation. So she's like, where is he anyway? Like, where is Serkan? <laughs> and Safi's like, with the horses because that's the only thing he the, – they're the only ones he gets along with. <laughs> so it was – it was so I just love Safi. Me too. He's he's too good. He's just he's too pure for this world. So meanwhile, we get to now pan over to Sad and Mad um Edda. She's yes. venting to the girls. Fifi's ready to go like literally knock out Serkan. Like, let's go. I'll mm-hmm. I'll beat him to the ground. And, you know, but basically it's decided like no. I'm going to find out, like, who actually did this and clear my name, and then I'm done. Like, I'm going to clear my name. I'm going to, you know, I'm – and then that way I can wash my hands of this entire situation. And I love it because basically, like, we're going to bring him to his knees. He's going to regret the day he ever accused me of this. (laughs) And then, you know, but she's like, just don't tell, you know, don't tell um, Ifair anything that's going on right now. I just want to deal with this first. And then Jiren shows up and they kind of go in the kitchen for a secret chat because, as you remember, she's the only one who really knows what this entire situation is. Yeah. So they head off to do that. And the girl, I like it because the girls, Fifi and Melo, were kind of like, what the heck is that about? Da, 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 da. And um, yeah, there are, don't they say something like, well, you're my best friend now. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. So meanwhile, and then here's another hero um, moment for the episode. Aidan walks in and she is like, you know, how are you, my son? And then she lets him have it. I loved this so much. So much. Because she says, you do not treat any woman this way, especially mm-hmm. one that you're saying is your fiance. Amen. Because he's like, if you're here to defend Ada, I don't need to hear it. And she's like, well, this isn't even about just defending her. You just mm-hmm. – you don't treat anyone this way. And yeah. she's like, that's not the kind of man you are. You know better than this. You know, and he basically is like, listen, I'd react this way no matter who made this colossal of a mistake. And she says, that's not true. She's like, you would never react this way with anyone else. Yeah, you'd be mad, mm-hmm. but you would basically not embarrass and humiliate them like this. And she says, it's because you've let her in and she's seeing things in you that I haven't seen in you in a very long time. So she's basically calling him out and saying, you have feelings for this girl. Uh-huh. And that's why you lashed out at her. Yep. And then he he just basically is like, 
mm-hmm, whatever you say, we'll talk later. And she's like, good night then. Like, he's yeah. just he, – he's a brick wall right now. Like, you cannot yeah. talk to him. Yep, not at all. Now, before that, we had a quick um, conversation between Celine and uh, Pearl because Pearl came over. She was all upset. She's really upset with Serkan. And she ends up telling Celine the whole story. She tells mm-hmm. her everything that happened. And I know that I defended her a little bit, you guys. But I was like, <laughs> did, did are, you re- are you retracting it now? I'm not retracting it because cause I, do, I do understand and I do empathize with that situation where you like – you you can't quit them, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. But um, I and and hey, I was never Team Celine either. Okay, mm-hmm. so all I was saying was that I understand where she's coming from. Sure, I understand why she would have a difficult time getting rid of her feelings and moving on. But this episode, I was like, nope, 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 nope. You're done. I'm yeah. I'm over it. There, I'm like, I'm not cutting her any more slack because no, she was all happy when she heard that they broke up. That was so ugly. And you know, do you notice too? Perel came over there because she needed to vent to her friend, and mm-hmm. Celine made it all about her. She did. I mean, my like one concession was the fact that she's like, "What's wrong with me? Why am I happy about this?" Right. So I was like, okay, I guess at least you uh, you were aware that you're being awful mm-hmm. <laughs> but still I, at the same time i was like girl you gotta back off yeah and she just keeps making really bad choices with this whole situation especially this episode oh a hundred percent and we also see that um Ferry is reaching the very end of his rope Oh my gosh, poor Farid. I, yeah, because, you know, he starts to overhear that conversation. And even stupid Celine's like telling Peril, like, oh no, he's watching a movie. It's fine. Oh gosh. So it's like Peril's even more concerned about Celine's fiance than Celine is concerned about right. Celine's fiance. It's just crazy. So anyway, that's no, that. No, so, you're right. Um, I, I did totally skip right over that in my notes. Oh yeah, no, you're fine. Um, so now we get this. This is such oh. a great part because we get this emotional music and, you know, Sarah Khan is gazing at these Polaroids, which shout out to our Twitter girls because those are fan edited Polaroids. Oh, that is so funny. Those That picture from the engagement party with them next to each other does not exist. It does not exist. Wow. Uh, Nims on Twitter, she... Photo, if you look closely enough, it's a photoshopped photo. Like, it's kind of blurry where they're next to each other because she photoshopped it. <laughs> and then Senchal Kapama took that photo from Twitter along with the other one. The other three. I think there's three of them, right? And um, Yeah, three of them. Yeah. I think one, I think, is like a selfie um, that someone took a screenshot of, like, when they're doing a live or something or, like, from Instagram stories. And then the okay. engagement picture is definitely from Nims. And then the other one is a screenshot of a still um, when they were fake making up on the balcony that one episode in front of the girls. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are all fan edited photos that they turned into that Polaroids. so funny. And I love that so much. I That's... love it. <laughs> well, I, I do think that they pay attention to this fandom. Oh, because absolutely. 
because of something that happens later. You know exactly what I'm going to say. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I think they're totally pandering to the audience in these situations. And it's so good. Well, and it's very smart of them because that's only yeah. going to get people to be more interactive and to talk oh, yeah. about it more and to watch it more and all of that. So it's very smart. Yeah. So, yeah, he's doing hardcore picture gazing, as we call it, <laughs> with with those pictures. He's all – you know he's conflicted. You know he's emotional. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it – pans out and what color is that mug it's changing from red well it's red mm-hmm. which we all know means you're in love mm-hmm. and it's starting though to turn black as he's looking yes. at it which means you're upset or sad uh-huh. so he's upset and in love and yeah. it yeah Anyways, that's just such a good scene because even though it's a very sad scene, like, you notice he, like, gives the tiniest, like, smiles when he's, like, looking at those photos. So, yeah. mm-hmm. It, yeah. He's just a lovesick idiot right now. He is. <laughs> so then we actually get to see, uh, we pan back over to Ada's house and we're we're actually getting to watch what she and Jaren um, are talking about. And, right. you know, Ada's basically saying, like, listen, it's my own fault. What did I expect from someone who is, you know, rude and abrasive and, you know, unfeeling and a robot? Like, you know, she's basically saying, like, I placed all these expectations that I shouldn't have. Right. I should have just known better. So, yeah, she's like, I'm going to clear my name and be done with him. For Like, basically forget the contract. I don't care if we have more to fulfill. Basically, like, let him sue me. And I love it because Jaren's like, well, I'm here as your friend and your lawyer. Like, if he actually tried to sue her over the contract, which we all know he would not. Right. But, I mean, how convenient to have right. a lawyer friend. Oh, yeah. Well, and okay. And here I felt like this was very telling or maybe I'm just reading into it. But when she says, this is wrong, everything's been wrong, it started wrong, basically, this was all wrong from the beginning. Hmm. So in parentheses I wrote, so maybe we need a new beginning. Like, yeah. And maybe that's – start. And maybe this episode is about – finishing this part that's so wrong so that next week we can hopefully start off right fresh yeah fresh. that's a mm-hmm. that's a really good observation because i could totally see that happening especially with the way that aisha writes her stories mm-hmm. like i feel like she would want to close that chapter so to speak before moving on to the better chapter or like yes. the, the more correct chapter <laughs> yes absolutely and then i <laughs> I actually I posted this on Twitter. I took a screenshot of this translation because uh-huh. she because basically Jaren's like okay like I'll, you know I'm gonna go blah 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 and then um, she's like but just promise me that you know you won't do anything rash and Edda says I promise I will not act impulsively and I wrote to mom Edda sure you will yeah and I posted sure a, okay yeah and I tweeted Edda's favorite lie she tells herself uh huh <laughs> because all she does is act impulsively when it comes to this man. Well, and Sarah Khan even, even knows that. Mm-hmm. He's like, because she's like, why don't, why don't you ever just do anything impulsively? And he's like, that's all you do. <laughs> exactly. So, so now we have what I'm calling the sentimental steps. Ooh, I like that. Uh huh. And <laughs> this is this is how much of a nerd I am. Listen to listen to my note for this. I'm ready. I'm like simultaneously embarrassed and proud because 
what I wrote is sad Sarkon, sentimental as serious senses sweetheart. <laughs> oh, I love that. Hey, you're putting alliteration to work, right? That's alliteration. <laughs> That's alliteration, right? When it's all the it same is. letter. Okay. Yeah. So sad Sarkon, sentimental as serious senses sweetheart. Because he does, and stupid Sarakon doesn't turn around as Sirius is clearly trying to yank him back down the steps because Edda has just sat down on them as they're walking yep. away. <laughs> and he's trying to turn around, and no, Moran, he was not turning around for a cat. Yeah. I don't care what you say. This is romantic. <laughs> and Sirius knew it was Edda, and that's why he turned around. Yeah. You can't convince me otherwise. Sirius does not care about cats. <laughs> They're all over the place. They're just a, they're just a normal occurrence for him. There exactly. are not there are not Ada's all over the place. No. So basically, they both at the different times they're on the steps are reflecting back to the night before at his birthday, opening the mm-hmm. gift, the cheek kiss, the sweet the moment that cheek kiss in the world oh, somehow. <laughs> yes, so good. It's so good. Like those that cheek kiss was definitely like a a can't breathe moment oh previous moment absolutely absolutely um so yeah basically we just have a bunch of sad babies chilling on these steps (laughs) like yeah so then we pan to the next morning and i said another sassy safety for the win because um it does mad about the ring she's basically Mm -hmm. like how come nobody pointed out to me i'm still wearing this dang thing i need to return it to him and you know what's yeah. funny is I love that Melo is like, well, you know, you could send it via courier or the post. You don't have to see him you in know, person. Yeah. And she's like, yes, I do. I need to make sure this makes it into his hands, blah, blah, blah. There are several times <laughs> that she does things in person that she absolutely did not have to. No. No, but not at she, all. But she wants to see him. Yeah. She won't admit that. it. Uh-huh. We all see right through this, Edda. Mm-hmm. Edda Jim. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, meanwhile – Serkan is doodling at home, trying to erase Edda, according to Safi. <laughs> and he's like, but all he keeps doing is throwing these papers away. He can't even finish a drawing as if, like, that's going to erase her. And he's telling this to Idon. And I love it because Serkan sees them, like, spying on him. So he marches over there and he's like, Safi, pack up Edda's stuff and send it back to her. And Safi decides right that minute, you know what? I'm taking the day off. Which he's never done in his entire life. Even I don't like, what? And I love it. He's like, there's a first time for everything. And then <laughs> I love it because he tells Serkan, besides, her stuff is scattered all over with yours so that only you can collect it and take it back to her. See ya. <laughs> and he is out of there. And I am living for that. So good. So good. So um, now... Melo, we're back over uh, at Melo and Ada's house. and Oh, that's right. Melo, essentially, I kind of fast-forwarded through this because really all that happens here is Melo winds up spilling the beans to Ifair even though she wasn't supposed to. She's like, I can't keep anything from you. Here's what happened. And Ifair, mm-hmm. rightfully so, is turns into a mama bear ready to yes. tear Sarkon apart because she's like, oh, mm-hmm. no, I told him he was not to hurt her. Nobody accuses her of being a thief. How dare he? Like, she would never. So... Um, she's decided she's going to go over there and deal with him. And oh, also, P.S., by the way, I invited Khan to dinner, so you're going to meet him tonight. Right. So then so we're at work now, a, right? Well, there's a quick um, 
that quick scene with Pearl, Angin, and Jiren where they both come to pick him up and there's a bit of a face-off and then he runs away and takes his own taxi. Yes. (laughs) I love that so much because now he's off his crutches. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just getting – there's a lot of that trio this episode and and kind of the development of that story. So Yes. Um, We've got – now Ada oh, arrives. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to hand over the ring because mm-hmm. of course she can't just send it via courier. No. And his his eyes. I was oh. like, I can't believe the look on this man's face. I, I know. I know. <sighs> Listen, you guys, I know, I know that there are actors who are just really freaking good at their jobs, okay? I know that. Mm-hmm. My head knows that. But my heart tells me there's no way you're faking this. Like, <laughs> like Karam, you are a talented, a wonderful, well-chiseled human being. But And I have no doubt you're capable of great talents in your acting. But in my heart, I'm like, he's looking at Hyundai. <laughs> well, you've also seen him in other... In another DZ. That's so true. That's true. You've got more experience seeing him giving puppy dog eyes to Well, women. yeah. And you know what? I, did, I didn't I did feel – I loved the woman who played his wife um, in Mutashem, but I didn't sense any of this with them. Like I wanted them to get back together because they had like a troubled marriage and they were kind of sure. separated. But yeah, I wasn't like – rooting the way i am rooting for these two and i mean they do have a very particularly great chemistry yes i know that plays a part yes but anyway she's trying to take the ring off and lo and behold the ring won't come off i said take a karmic hint edda (laughs) for real oh and did you notice how quickly he shoves away those photos oh totally (laughs) yeah like like a guilty uh, like a guilty kid uh-huh. again with like his, he's, again with he's his like hands. a little boy like yep. oh no <laughs> oh she can't God. possibly see this no because then my feelings will be apparent <laughs> well and he asks her okay why'd you bring it yourself mm-hmm. you could have so, sent someone uh-huh he's not the only one wondering but you know she's like well i wanted to bring this expensive item myself Yep. And I can't really blame her. Uh, yes, true. But you know what's interesting? He, this is what kills me because he says, um, excuse me, like, I, I'm not the kind of person who accepts back a gift that I gave. Okay, number one, when was this ever said it was a gift? That's it, true. It was never said that this was a gift. It's it wasn't. Cl- it was a, it's a prop for them to be engaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, he clearly always intended it to be because he, first of all, basically threw her initial ring in the trash that she picked out this like simple you know (laughs) and he picked out this beautiful lavish floral ring that clearly he knew was going to mean something to her Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh so you always intended for her to keep this like no matter what and so i just thought that was interesting that he's like well we don't take gifts back that we give which i'm also like you think she stole from you and, like, basically crumbled your company, but you want her to keep this ring you bought her. Right. Like, mm-hmm. 
listen to your heart, you dummy. Like, Yeah, he doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. He's, he's all confused. He's so confused. And then, you know, but I love what she says. Well, I don't keep rings from people, um, from men I hate and people who don't trust me. And I'm like, yes, I love as much as, you know, the romantic in us wants her, wants us, wants her to see her wants to see her sorry i can't talk (laughs) like swoon or like you know just kind of like melt into some of these things he's saying and doing i'm glad that she doesn't like she's standing her ground and like no Mm -hmm. because you know what my integrity and the and who i am as a person and my character means more to me than you just trying to be all like sweet and like you know, slick in some of these situations. Like later on when he comes to the nursery, you know? Yes. And I think both of us would agree that, yes, we want them together, but we also want him to do the proper work after making such a huge mistake. Yes. He needs to earn her. He does. Mm -hmm. He does. And the fact that she doesn't back down this whole episode, the fact that she is being so strong Mm -hmm. and she's standing up for herself – She's like, uh, maybe you forgot what you accused me of and how you humiliated me. Yep. I'm I love it. I love how strong she is. Even when she isn't like I think part of the reason that I love this so much and and one thing that we saw with this episode with Edda specifically is you can be strong while also being like hurt and emotional about something. Yes. Yep. Like she was crying over him. Right. And she's crying over the situation. Yep. And who could blame her? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't negate her strength in the situation. Yes. I love that. You're right. Um, so, yeah. Basically, then he's, like, trying to come up with a reason for her to not take it off. And then we get the whole – which, you know, this part was in the fragment and all of us knew it was a false flag. But, you know, because he's like, no, you can't take it off, Edda, and, like, grabs her hand and – Starts to push it. I mean, it's not all the way off because she couldn't get it off, but he's pushing it back down her knuckle. Mm -hmm. And he says, because, and then, of course, the fragment cut off to let us, you know, (laughs) try to fool us into thinking he was going to say something like, I love you, but we all knew better. Of course not. Yeah. Now, he didn't use the contract as an excuse like I thought, but he did say, well, because people will talk, like it'll leak in the press and we have to figure out how we're going to handle this, you know, release a statement. So I'll figure this out and then I'll get back to you. And then at this point, she says, no, you can have Layla call me. I don't want to speak to you again. Mm-hmm. So you can basically – we can communicate through Layla from from now on. Yeah. And she's out. Like, mm-hmm. goodbye. And she turns around and leaves. Yep. Well, on her way out, Aidan uh, sees her and catches her. <laughs> and so Edda explains um, why she's there. And Idon says kind of the same thing. You know, we're not the, the type of people who accept gifts back that we've given people. So now we see Ifair show up and we've got kind of these parallel scenes with yes. both of them with the, not the moms, but, you know, the mother the mom. figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, so she starts tearing into Serkan and mm-hmm. talking about respect and keeping his promises and all this stuff. And at the same time, they, Eda and Serkan both say, I've kept all my promises. So we've got these parallel scenes where they're both saying the same thing. So we're yeah. seeing again how similar they are. Mm-hmm. Even they're, though they're also very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're both being stubborn. And 
I mean, it is a little more justified in hers, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like basically saying, well, it's already over in my head. I kept all my promises. They never accept their mistakes. They don't – yeah, they don't own their mistakes and they owe me an apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't go anywhere because they're both just kind of stuck in that mindset and thought. So um, they – they wind up leaving. Ifair and Ida yeah. leave. And um, yeah. So then we pan over to Celine's house. And right. Ferry has made breakfast, tells her she looks especially gorgeous today. And if there's a particular reason for that, because mm. he knows the conversation that was had the night before. So how convenient that his fiance is looking extra beautiful the, the first day since her ex-boyfriend's supposed breakup. Gosh. So he even asks her about parole and, you know, Celine lies. And, yeah. You know, so it – One of many lies. Mm-hmm. She, she's become a liar at this point. Yes. She lies about Farid's accidental, you know, screw up with the contract. Now she's lying to him about this and we get even more lies this episode. Yep. So, you know, he, he gave her a chance to – kind of clarify things and she didn't uh and then parole calls right in the middle of breakfast to let her know like hey jaren's gonna deal with this journalist um Mm -hmm. you know so but basically i think you should be there because you're the pr person because parole doesn't know about any of these lies pertaining to this journalist she's just concerned and wants the company's best interests to be represented Mm -hmm. and not just ed does and so um but of course that turns a siren on in uh, Celine's head because she's like, oh crap! If she talks to this journalist and this journalist spills, we're up a creek because she's gonna know that, you know, the source was not digging through documents in the trash, but yeah. it was uh, Khan who gave her, you know, the contract. And then of course it will be really easy to follow the trail from there to know that it was Farid who mm-hmm. who did everything. Yeah. So she basically tells Farid, I have to go and deal with this. Can you please call Khan and make sure that he deals with this journalist so that she doesn't talk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Eda and Fifi are working, um, and and Jaren at this point, and they're working out. They're they're all trying to figure out who sold the plans, right? So that's a lot of what they're doing this episode. They're like, we're gonna figure out who did this and help clear your name, Eda, and they're just the best friends in the world. Yes, they are. So. Then we get back over to Farid. He's on the phone with Khan, who starts recording the phone call as soon as he sees that it's Farid, yeah. which, P.S., I would like to know what phone works that way. Is this like <laughs> – this is like in the land of the six-minute dryers where you have phones that just have a quick record button uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, during a phone call? You mean you can't record every conversation you have, Kristen, with just one little button? Yeah. <laughs> So apparently, yeah, I need a Turkish dryer, a Turkish phone, uh huh, um, and a Turkish work and a Turkish work day. Oh yeah, well, yeah, where we can just go out and have mm-hmm. coffee for two hours and mm-hmm. go do whatever we want. And yeah, wear whatever we want. Uh huh. <laughs> so, anyways, but regardless, he's recorded this conversation. So basically, he has it on tape where you know Federit says like incriminates himself basically like if Serkan finds out that it was me and that Celine covered mm-hmm. for me it's all gonna be it's all gonna hit the fan yeah so yep. um you know and it sucks because I'm like fairy like gosh he loves her so much that he's willing he 
he doesn't want Serkan to be mad at her. Like, he doesn't care if Serkan's mad at him. He couldn't care any less. Mm-hmm. But he knows it would crush Selene if if Serkan, you know, felt betrayed by her. Even though it would probably help solve some of Ferit's problems, having the two of them yeah. severed. Like, it mm-hmm. just makes me so sad because I'm like, gosh, you're willing to, like, keep her happy even though it means that she's not fully giving herself to you. Like, it's yeah. just so, it's just so sad. It's really sad. So now we're at um, the company and Pearl comes in and she's starting to question Angin on why he just took off like that. Mm-hmm. But Angin is saved by a really cranky Serkan. Yeah. And he start he basically starts taking out his bad day on all of his employees. Yep. So again, baby bear stomping around. He's swiping at people's work and growling and ripping it apart and just taking it all out on his poor employees. And they're all standing there like, what is wrong with him? Well, poor Layla mm-hmm. is like, this is the Sircon that used to be here. And now he's back to that. And like, it's my nightmare. She's all upset because now he's the old, mean, horrible Sircon that well, she would like got rid of yeah so and, she thought and she says edda leaves and now my main executioner is back <laughs> so it's like he's Poor just baby he's just being a beast so um but i put he's being a beast but yikes and also oof <laughs> uh, yeah um <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah be- beastly it wasn't Ser- beastly yeah, it wasn't is attractive, attractive. yeah <laughs> The behavior itself is unattractive. Yes. The appearance of the behavior. He should be totally respectful to to his employees. And he's being a total jerk. Mm -hmm. But boy, (laughs) I don't mind watching it. Nope. So, you know, he's, like I said, he's being stern with Layla, short with Angan, who Angan tells him to calm the heck down. Uh Uh-huh. And basically he's like, no, I won't. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and they've got news for him. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, hey, did we take care of X, Y, and Z? And they're like, well, we can't really do that because, remember, you had Edda file the patent and we signed over the power of attorney to that patent over to her yep. so she could do that. So basically, she needs to come in and sign a bunch of paperwork to give the rights back to us. And I put, haha, take that, Sercon. <laughs> so, because he tells Engen, okay, then call her. And Engen's like, well, maybe you can call her. And he's like, no. Like, you call her and get her in here. And it's funny because he finally is like, fine, I'll go call her. And he leaves. And he's like, well, you can call her in here. Yeah. He he not only does – he won't call her himself. He wants Engen to call her. But he doesn't want Engen just to call her. He wants Engen to call her in front of him with uh-huh. her on speakerphone. Because <laughs> he wants to hear her voice. <laughs> so Engen walks out and Serkan's trying to work. And, of course, he looks down and sees, you know, the glass-encased flower and, you know, pushes it out of his sight by four inches because, sorry, Serkan, you just pushing some glass flowers out of your line of sight is not going to put her out of your mind. No. Poor poor man with his inconvenient feelings. <laughs> I know. So Erdem wants 
we have a quick thing of Erdem wanting Eda back because he wants Fifi back. Yes, his dark <laughs> queen. Yes. He's like, <laughs> he's like, if Eda's gone, I'm never going to see Fifi again. So he's all he's all upset. And then he tells Layla the wrong way that uh, Serkan takes his, takes his coffee because she's uh, totally forgot. And he's just being a brat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, because he's demanded coffee from Layla. And then he, again, demands if demands from Angan like to call Edda again because she's not answering. But then Celine walks in and I was just like, ugh, because, you know, of course, she's like, oh, I know how this must be affecting you, you poor thing, blah, blah, blah. Well, and she's all, Edda created a big problem on our heads. And that was the straw that I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. No more grace for you. None. <laughs> I don't feel bad for you anymore. No. Stupid Celine. Stupid Celine. So, you know, she basically explains to him, well, the Americans aren't thrilled about this whole thing, which can't blame them. But yeah. basically, I've convinced them to give us a day to sort this out and take care of the fraudulent, you know, reproductions and get that shut down. So we've got a day to take care of this. Um. So basically, that's when Serkan again tells Ingen, okay, please call her. We need to take care of this. Right. And he's like, you can call her here too. I love it. Yeah, he's like, call her right here. Um. And I love it because while Celine's fawning and concerning over Serkan, he's staring at Edda's empty desk. Yeah, and she's like, you know, do you want to talk? How do you feel about yesterday? And he doesn't want to talk about it, especially with her. And then she suggests, well, maybe we can unwind by working working outside. And this is the kind of stuff that I'm like, you're pushing too far with mm -hmm. this. I don't care if you've known him since you were a child. You are engaged. And you also already told your fiancé you would have lunch with him. Mm-hmm. But – Ferdit obviously doesn't matter as much as Serkan. So. No. Nope. So they agree to go work outside the office. Um, so Serkan walks into Ingen's office, says, call Eda. And I love it because Ingen's like, you know, you can just say you miss her. Just <laughs> just say it, bro. Just I tell me. It. Just admit it. <laughs> then poor Layla brings the wrong coffee. Ingen swoops in and is like, I'll drink this coffee. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So he finally calls uh, Edda again. Serkan mm -hmm. puts it on speaker, moves the phone closer to him so he can hear, and then is trying to, like, send hand signals to Angen as they're talking. Because, of course, Angen's like, because Edda finally answers, and he's yeah. like, I'm so sorry about the situation and what's going on. And Serkan's, like, like brushing his hands and like, don't, don't tell her that. And it's like, yeah. listen, bro, you're not even man enough to call her yourself. Exactly. Right now. You don't now. get to dictate what he's saying. No. Yeah, so Ingen is trying his absolute hardest to get her to come in. And she's like, well, is Serkan going to be there? And he says, uh, yes. <laughs> so she's like, okay, well then, sorry, you're out of luck. Mm -hmm. But he eventually is able to convince her. Meanwhile, Serkan is pacing. He's starting to grab things. He grabs this, like, looks like a batting helmet. Yeah. <laughs> he grabs this batting helmet and he's all pacing around like a caged tiger and he he just wants her to be there he uh -huh. wants her to come and finally Engin is able to convince her because he tells her that Serkan is going to have business and he'll be leaving soon so she's like okay fine I'll come in and I'll sign the papers and then I'll I'll quickly get out 
So we we know that Ada will be back at the company at some point today. Right. So then we switch back over. We have a quick moment between Melo and Farid, um, because he walks into the office and is looking mm-hmm. for, you know, Saline because they're supposed to go to lunch. And Melo's right. like, oh, she's out. Like, she, she said it was urgent, though. Like, if it had been business, though, I'd be with her, you know, taking notes. So I'm not really sure. And he's like, okay, I'll leave her a note. You know, it's fine. So Melo walks out to finish whatever she was doing. And uh, Farid's grabbing a pen to write the note. And what does he find? Oh, gosh. He finds the note from, that was on the flowers mm-hmm. from, quote, from Serkan. Mm-hmm. But not from Serkan, from Eda, because she's right. the one who actually wrote it. So he's just getting more and more proof <laughs> that yeah. Celine is not over Serkan. Because if she were, she wouldn't keep a note like this. No. And hide it away inside her desk. Nope. She would have thrown it out with the flowers when they died. Uh Yep. Now, this is probably one of my favorite scenes because it's, again, another indication we get of how Serkan's perspective is changing. Yeah. You know, we we got a peek of it with the whole dinner view um, last week at his birthday, like how he was appreciating the view of the sea because it's never the same. And Celine Mm -hmm. was like, what do you mean it's the same exact view as every time we're here? But they're driving to lunch, and she is like, oh, it's a really nice day out. And after mm-hmm. she says that, he puts the top down for the car. Yeah. And the second that thing is down, she's like, oh, you're in a good mood. I don't want to spoil that, but can you put the top back up? Like, it's really windy, and it's going to mess my hair up. And she's saying that, but what is Serkan thinking about? He's thinking about Edda and mm-hmm. the fact that she asked him to put the – the rooftop down so they could smell the outside and then starts dancing along to a song uh-huh. and i was like wow what a difference what a mm-hmm. difference that's right so yeah i loved that so much and so then you know once they actually get to lunch Federic calls and she's basically like oh i'm so sorry i'm with sarah Con. we're dealing with all the fallout of this you know yada 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 it's it's work, Ferry. I'll make it up to you. Like, but yeah. he's kind of like, yeah, okay. He just hangs up. Like, yeah. And I'm here for it because seriously, he has been more than patient and generous with her. So Jaren and Ida come in with their heads held high into the office, which I was like, thank you so much that she has this great group of girlfriends. I just love it, and the fact that Jaren was willing to come in with her. And just stand by her side. And, of course, everybody is so happy to see Edda. <laughs> They're all like, Edda, how are you? Because everybody loved her. Yeah, I was so happy that everybody was happy to see her. Because it just shows, like, just what a great asset she's been since she came to the company. Yeah. Well, and Angin tells her that, hey, you know that we all believe you, right? You know that nobody thinks... That you actually did that. Mm-hmm. So he kind of reassures her. And then he's like, do you want to get coffee? So they they have a nice little moment where he's reassuring her that nobody really truly believes that she actually did something like this. And I think that for Edda, that really meant a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree. So then we kind of have 
a moment between Jiren and Peril. And basically what comes from this is they kind of bicker about whether or not Saline should be a part of this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially it just turns out that once Jiren's like, yeah, well, I'm meeting this journalist. See you later. Peril calls Saline, is going to yeah. call Saline to tell her like where she's going. So yeah. that was basically what this was for. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get a little bit of Erdem, Layla talking about Fifi and then Layla calls Serkan because she's like, yeah, you told me to tell you if Edda comes. Oh. And she came. I love, She's kind of playing both sides of this because then she winds up helping Edda hide from him. She does. But she has to do her job. Right. And her, her outrageous boss is asking her to, to call when Edda arrives. Now, do you love this? The second he finds that out, he tells Celine, yeah, I have to get back to the office. Check, yes. please. So good. So good. But then that's when she gets the call from Parole anyways. And yeah. is so it works out. They split up. And yeah. So Sarkon heads back to the office. Celine um, calls Ferit to be like, please make sure everything is set with Khan. I'm about to go deal with this journalist. Yeah. And I just put, my, my, what a tangled web we are weaving. Seriously. So Ferit calls Khan again. But he keeps ignoring him because he's with Melo. And Melo invites him to dinner. That gets all settled. Um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I just wrote this snake. He gives her a cheek kiss, but arf, whatever. So Sarkon arrives back at work. Mm-hmm. And, okay, he, like, all of a sudden he looks at his shoulders as he's walking in. Like, wait, no way. I don't have dandruff. Because it's, like, construction dust yes. that has fallen onto his shoulder. So he kind of scolds the guy. And it's very out of place, but then we realized later on it was for the purpose of an ad in uh-huh. the show. But it was yeah. kind of like, what the heck is this? I know. So random. So random. We got to love those uh, built-in DZ ads. Uh-huh. So um, he gets inside, and Angan's getting the last of the papers ready that Edda needs to sign. And Layla warns her, hey, Sarkhan just got back from lunch. So – Basically, like, hide-and-seek begins. Layla's trying to kind of distract Serkan while helping lead, lead Ada upstairs so she can escape. Um, That's so funny because I called it hide-and-seek, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually wrote, yeah, the hide-and-seek <laughs> begins. And, you know, so she kind of basically – Layla makes a comment on Serkan's appearance and how he kind of appears a little dirty and, like, maybe you want to change your clothes. And, you know – He's all about the cleanliness and the health and the this. So it was probably the exact right button to push. Um, so, you know, yeah. So she tells him his clothes are dirty and maybe he wants to change. Ada's uh-huh. trying to hide. She goes through a series of doors and hallways. Well, Serkan, they wind up in the same place, mm-hmm. which is his office and his upstairs office. And she essentially hides behind something. Serkan walks in and kind of goes through this. It's like a secret door because it looks like a tile wall, but behind it is like a wardrobe and shower. So he takes this shower. Now, listen, <laughs> I felt so robbed I know. during this scene. And I don't know if we're just spoiled with Yaman shower scenes. I was totally expecting a Yaman style shower okay, scene here. Listen. I was like, where's the fogged glass at his butt? <laughs> yeah. And also, also. It's a commercial for head and shoulders, and they didn't even show his shoulders. No. Like, it was just his head and him shampooing his hair. Like, that's it? Uh-huh. This, is, this is all we get? 
Come on, Fox. I know you can do better than this. Yeah, we've literally seen it on Friday evenings. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, all right. Maybe Karem was like, listen, I'll do the ad for the shampoo. But <laughs> hey, he's he's gone shirtless on this show before, though. That's so true. Who's to stop him from doing it for a head and shoulders ad? Yeah. Head and shoulders, knees and toes. We didn't get any of that nope so anyhow after the most disappointing shower scene (laughs) edda thinks she's safe so she's leaning against that tile wall to take a breather and who walks out of the secret door (laughs) lovely i I called this door catch (laughs) because the door opens behind her and whoops she's falling but thankfully serkan is there to catch her Mm (laughs) Hmm. And his knuckles brush like right up on her stomach. Oh, Oh yeah. He wraps that arm all the way around her. He sure does. He's got to protect her from falling. Uh Uh-huh. It's just for the good. And honestly, it was more reactive than anything. It really was. You've suddenly got somebody falling into your arms. You're going to grab them to keep them from falling. Yes. Yeah, because then he's like, oh, Edda? Like, it takes him a second. Like, what are you doing here? And first of all, she's like, what the heck is this? And like, what's in there? And he's like, oh, a shower. And she's like, okay, I'm leaving. Like, uh, and he follows after her. She sets out to leave. She's going down the stairs. And he's like, Edda, can you wait five minutes? Can we like, mm-hmm. can we talk for a few minutes? And she walks away initially. And I thought she was leaving. Mm-hmm. But I think she was just going back to Engen to finish signing those papers so she could leave. Yeah. So then we pan over really quick, though. I love this so this much. so cute. Because Safi doesn't know what to do because he's never had a day off before. <laughs> so he goes to iFair and she's like, Safi Bay. And he says, no, no, just Safi, just Safi. So they end up chatting and she he helps her prepare some food because mm-hmm. Khan is coming over for dinner. And she's like all complimentary of his kitchen skills and how she hopes that Idon understands what she has because he's such an asset. Yeah. So it was the sweetest. Really cute. Yeah. I said, this is the friendship I didn't know I needed. I know. Well, and then later on, he's like, you know, I've been waiting for Edda for hours now. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were waiting. She's going to Durant's tonight. Otherwise, I would have told you. Yes. So funny. He wanted to see Edda. Yes. So, so it was yeah. just – that's just adorableness, and I think we all needed that this episode. I totally agree. So now we pan back over to the office, and, you know, um, we're in the conference room now. She walks in, obliging him for his five-minute conversation. Yeah. But she's standing, and he says, can you sit down? She says, no, it's okay. And he, she's like, I don't actually want to be in the same surroundings with you. And he's like, well, listen – I know our conversation yesterday got a little out of hand. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, out of hand? Oh, my gosh. I've never been so humiliated in my entire life. How can you think that I stole the sketches just to sell them to another company for a few pennies and discredit you? And he says, well, then can you explain to me, like, why you were being so weird? Explain it to me. What happened? How did this project get into the hands of other people? Mm-hmm. And she says, what kind of person are you? You called me here just to go over this again? How did I steal it and pass it on to others? Yes. And he says, Edda, I'm trying to arrange everything logically. She says, well, I'm sorry. Not everything is logical. 
-hmm. Sometimes logic doesn't work and there is no answer. If there were, then my heart – and then she cuts herself off like she catches herself. And he says, your heart? She says, no, nothing. I'm leaving. I have to finish my affairs. And he grabs her and twirls her back around to him. Finish your sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, first they stare at each other's lips for a few seconds. Yeah. And I then mean, he yeah. – We can't blame them. <laughs> exactly. And he says, will you finish your sentence? And she says, let go of me, which, you know. And he's, he does. And he says, Edda, I want to believe you. But in order to believe you, she says, yeah, you need evidence. She's like, you still need proof that I didn't do this. Don't worry. I'll find it. I'll bring it to you. And after that, I will never see you again, Sarkhan. Oof. And, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. We mm-hmm. can't blame her. Nope. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't blame her. Even though we know in Land, if you say, I'll never see you again, it means you will absolutely see them again. Yes, exactly. So then we have um, actually a really good conversation between Engin and Perot. And this is kind of the, you know, we've seen them interact, obviously. But this is, I felt like this was a big deal for the mm-hmm. two of them and their relationship. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Engin kind of gets upset with her. So there, she's like upset because she's like, you know, I don't like personal life and work to mix. And she's kind of just complaining to him. But Engin's like, uh, okay, well, let me ask you something. Do you have a personal life? And she's like, no, I just have work life. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, then just so you know, it's impossible to not mix. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She says, then it's impossible to mix work and love. And I was like, ooh, because Engin says, yeah, well, then you don't know anything about it. I'm sorry. I just messed up that whole thing. It is Engin. He says, Mm -hmm. okay, well, then if you don't know anything about it, then it is impossible to mix work and love. And she's like, oh, then you do know something about it? He says, yeah, I do. Therefore, sometimes I mix it up, Pearl. People who have a heart sometimes don't know who their foolish heart will become attached to. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, apparently somebody broke your heart because you look really upset. And he's like, yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, like if you only knew. And she's like, well, I shouldn't share your concerns, Engin. Let the person who broke your heart fix it. And she storms away. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Obviously, you're the one who broke his heart, girl. Use your brain, Pearl. So So I thought that was a good – like, Engin finally is able to kind of come out with it a little bit, even mm -hmm. though she just – Yeah, it's over her head. Yeah. So, yes, I did love that, though. It was a good next step in whatever's going to happen or not happen with them. Yeah. So, Celine and Ferry have a phone call really quick because she's about to go deal and crash this meeting with Jaren and the reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, just to confirm, like, you talked to Khan, he fixed it, right? So, yeah, I just basically wrote, I hate her. But Jaren's no dummy because once Celine gets there. Yeah. Celine basically is like, oh, you know, since I'm for PR and I'm this, you know, we'll make sure we'll deal with this. We'll make sure you're compensated, you know, and that you're not tied up in all this litigation. It's like, just give me your phone number. Put it in my phone. 
well, really, she handed her the phone because she pre-typed a message on there. Yeah. That basically said. To the journalist. To the journalist, yeah. Yeah. And basically said, well, don't say anything. Say that you found it in the trash and name your price. We'll pay you. So, of course, the journalist is like, uh, yeah, the source was I found it in the trash. And Jaren is not stupid. Jaren's like, okay. So basically kind of leaves it because – she knows she's not going to get anywhere with her, but she knows that this was not the original answer because she wouldn't have called her to a meeting for coffee and all of that if that's all she was going to confess. Mm-hmm. So um, then we – okay, so we kind of already talked about Safi and Ifer in the kitchen, but at the end of this, uh, Erdem shows up. <laughs> that's right. That's and he's right. basically like – Love sick over Fifi and being been crazy for several hours. Yes, so funny. So I love it because Ifer's like, "Well, the kitchen's crowded. Let's have tea outside, and yeah. we'll meet you out there." So uh-huh. it's just kind of funny. Well, and then she ends up offering him a room because he apparently got evicted from his house, so right. he's going to be staying with them for a while. Yes, till he finds a place. Yeah. So I love this because we have Sarkon on a rampage again. Mm-hmm. Edda's finally leaving, and he she goes to walk through a door, but she walks in on, like, people in the middle of, like, a meeting. Mm-hmm. So she quickly turns around, and he is all up in her space. Oh, yeah. And they kind of do the little dance of moving out of the way, and, and he finally, like, moves aside because he realizes he's not going to get anywhere with her. Yeah. But basically, there was just a lot of pent-up tension. Yes. That has yet to be relieved. So. Uh-huh. So then Celine has, quote, good news for Sarah Khan. Oh, my God. She calls to let him know that she dealt with the reporter. All he did, all she did was take it out of the trash. So, you know, we'll have to see her in court, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's like, but, you know, are we still going to work with Jaren on this? Because, you know, she's close to Edda and blah, blah, blah. And I love it because he's like, yeah, we are. Yeah. He's, he's. Kind of like, why are you even bringing this up? He clearly doesn't understand why. Like, okay, you don't want to work with her. What's the big deal? This doesn't really affect you. Mm-hmm. So, and Duren is going to sue the journalist. So the the crazy thing about this to me is Celine is obviously having going to have to pay this journalist a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. Because now, especially now if she's going to be in litigation between the company's new extra lawyer specifically for this situation and uh lawyers cost a lot of money Mm -hmm. so if celine is going to be paying all of this girl's legal fees she it's just digging everything deeper and deeper and deeper and it's just crazy to me right because not only is she going to pay her for lying but then whatever she winds up having to pay them in court for being sued Celine's going to have to cover that too. Like, this is not going to work. No. So, yeah. That's going to be a mess whenever that comes to its head. Yeah. Meanwhile, Idon's trying to meditate and failing. (laughs) She misses Safi. She, like, calls him. He doesn't answer. She leaves him a voicemail. But she does wind up calling Alptakin. And, you know, he's like, I'm busy. It's a busy day at work. And she's like, okay, of course. Of course I should have known better to think that, you know, you'd leave work early and he – it's funny, though, because they get off the phone and he um, he 
cancels his plans. He tells his secretary, cancel my day. Um, I have to go. And I was very, I was really impressed by that because I thought for sure he was just going to go about his day, finish working like he has, you know, like in the last episode. Right. And yeah, so I love that. Um, Then we get. Celine and Edda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This lovely conversation between the two of them where Celine blatantly blames her. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I hope you understand what state Serkan is in because of you. And Edda, I love that Edda is so – she's not taking crap from anybody. Nope. And she's like, sorry. How dare you say that, Celine? Edda – and uh, Celine's like, Edda Serkan is a partner of one of the largest companies in Turkey. At the same time, the youngest architect to receive the award that he did. Every year they write about him in magazines as Bachelor of the Year. Serkan is a brand, and I am his PR manager. <laughs> I love what Edda says after this, though. Yeah, because she's like, oh, you're very romantic. Now it's clear why you broke up. Yeah. And it's very telling. Yeah, like, the fact that you even said that is even telling of your relationship with him. Even if totally. you think that you loved him or you are in love with him, like, you've got that all tied up into the fact that He's like a product for you as well. Exactly. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. So it's it's just uh, I appreciate that Edda doesn't take crap from her, and mm-hmm. she's basically like, "You'll find out, like everybody else, very soon that this wasn't my fault, and that you're all assuming the worst when you shouldn't be." Yep. So they split up. Of course. She goes back into the conference room and keeps asking Sarkhan if he's okay. Because she can't just stay away from him. Nope. Uh. And you know what? I like this, though, because she hugs him. And again, just like at the house, he kind of is like, oh, like, and kind of participates in the hug. But it's awkward. And I loved it because in our group, Melissa said, a random thing I noticed during the past couple of episodes, after Celine witnessed Sarkhan and Edda hugging that night after his birthday – after he plays the guitar for her. Yeah. Um, she has now been trying to hug Serkan at any chance she gets in the same way. Wow. That's a good point. And she says, of course the hugs come off looking awkward and one-sided because Serkan is always surprised and trying to look at Ada over her shoulder. Yeah, each time. Yeah. She says, I find these hug attempts really sad. I wish she could find joy hugging her own fiance, but she clearly is still so hung up on Serkan. Yeah. Such a good observation and so true because mm-hmm. what happens, he sees Edda, Edda sees them, he sees that Edda has seen them, mm-hmm. and he's like, excuse me, and tries to run after Edda again as yeah. she's leaving. Yep. And yeah, he, he pieces out so fast. Yep. And he follows her out the door and he's like, Edda, wait, please. Uh-huh. And, but he then just kind of starts to lecture her about finishing her work and you know you have a job to do here regardless of what happened and she's like i'm sorry you like (laughs) there are people who are trusting and relying on you and she's like oh you're clearly not talking about yourself then because we've already established you don't trust me like yeah exactly you know because he's like you need to finish the golf course design you started that that's something you need to finish and she's like i'll finish all of that at home like i can get those designs done and i will get them to you i don't need to be here for that yeah, and she's like, don't worry. I'm not going to quit this job. I'm going to take care of everything. Yep. But I don't need to be here while I – Yeah, exactly. So 
he kind of plays the contract card again and like, well, we need to fig- we, you need to stay because we need to figure out what the next steps are and how we're going to, you know, deal with this. And she says, mm-hmm. well, I guess you should have thought of that yesterday before you yep. acted this way. But then she says, yep. fine, I'll finish. She does end up walking back in, right? Uh, yes. Because she's like, fine, I'll finish these things and then I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> For like the 13th time. <laughs> The most repeated line in Uh the show. (laughs) Yeah. So we get a cute, a quick cute uh, Alptekian coming home early. Mm -hmm. And she tells him a bit about her first, her quote, first attempt with with Sevda. Mm -hmm. Because he sees the the eye. Blindfold? Eye mask. Blindfold. Yeah. I'm like, what do I, what's the name of this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she also tells him about the drama. And it's so interesting to me that neither of them know Ada very well, but neither of them can really believe that she would do something like that. Yep. So I I appreciate that Ada's character is so clear even to the people that don't really know her. Absolutely. Alptekin even says that. He's like, I don't know the girl very well, but she doesn't really seem the type to do something like that at all. Yeah. And then they get a little into it because Aidan's like, Sarkon's anger and distrust of people really saddens me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how is he ever going to change? And Alptekin, you know, says, I know all of this, Idon. And regarding this point, I blame myself. Yeah. So we get another little hint at the past and why his relationship with his dad is so fraught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because he basically is like, I raised him too carefully, and I made that mistake, and I turned him into a man who doesn't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Idon says, listen, we did then what we thought was right. Yeah. So we still, you know, we're just getting pieces. We don't really know what that means, mm-hmm. but clearly something. And, yeah. you know, I look forward to digging more into that. Yeah. Well, and then Alptekin, we get a little scene of him walking through Serkan's place. Mm-hmm. And you get the feeling he's not in here very often, if ever, mm-hmm. because he's looking at this stuff. He sees the pictures of him and Eda. There is one picture that's on his, on like a, a nightstand or something, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I meant to like pause it mm-hmm. and take a screenshot and zoom in. Because it looks like it's two people, but you can't necessarily – and they show it a couple times. It's mm-hmm. not super clear, but they show this picture. So I need to go back and see what it is because I'm oh. wondering if it's some kind of a clue okay. that Serkan has in there. But um, one of the big things about this whole scene is Alptikian sees the guitar mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, maybe – have you started playing again, son? Well, he notices there's no dust on it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So – that is probably a big sign for the family if he is back to playing his guitar and mm-hmm. it's not just sitting and collecting dust still. Yeah, I agree. Uh, meanwhile, we find out Fifi got video footage. She's letting Edda know about this. It's nothing super clear, but basically what she says is what shows in the video is that the designs were given to, you know, the copycat dude. Mm-hmm. By a tall, handsome, dark-haired man with stubble. She's uh-huh. like, so it has to be someone from the company. Like, who from the company fits that description? And Ed does like, well, Serkan's the only handsome one here, but his hair is light. And Fifi's like, 
Oh, really? Sarah Khan's the only handsome one. <laughs> I loved that. I love it, too. Well, and oh it's funny gosh. because Edda says it so matter of fact, not even like a love-struck teenager. She's just no. like, um. She's like, well, no one else is handsome. <laughs> so, like, she doesn't even, it's almost like she doesn't realize what she's saying. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> Me, too. So she signs the final papers. Yes. And Sarah Khan's like, well, what about the report you have to write? <laughs> he Dude is doing everything he can to keep her in his vicinity. She's like, I'll finish everything else at home. Like, I just need to leave. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Well, and I mean, again, you don't believe this woman. You think she stole from you, yet you still want her close. Shouldn't yep. that be telling you something? Yep. It should be. So Fifi visits with Erdem for a few minutes in his new room. Like, and yeah. they, they basically chat about the fact that, um, you know, his philosophy on rent. It sounds like he just didn't really feel like paying rent. And like, yeah. he just. <laughs> like he took good enough care of the house. So he didn't think it was reasonable that the landlord. <laughs> yeah, that the landlord wanted him to pay rent. So, um. Anyway, so it's just kind of a goofy little – you kind of get to know him a little bit better and his philosophy of life. So uh, meanwhile, Celine shows back up at work. Yes, and he – Ferry is waiting in her office, and he has obviously been stewing, just waiting for her for hours because she comes in, and he's like, I've been waiting for you for hours. We were supposed to have lunch. And then she immediately gets defensive and she's like, I'm fixing the problem that you created. Uh huh. And I was like, girl, this is not the time. No, <laughs> like, no, it is not. So he's like, yeah, well, you didn't even call. So he's, he's fed up and he's telling her just to be with Sarkon if that's what she wants. This is what he's told her before. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I could never be with Sarkon. So. She's like, why don't you trust me, all this stuff? And he's like, how can I trust you when you can't even stay away from Serkan? Mm -hmm. And again, who – everybody understands why he would say this and right. why he would be frustrated, why he would just tell her, look, if you don't love me, if you don't want to be with me, if you want to be with Serkan, please just do it. Mm -hmm. Just stop the bleeding and – leave yeah so she literally has no excuses anymore because she's been given every chance for mm -hmm. an out mm -hmm. so he basically is like i won't be home tonight figure your crap out yep so meanwhile we have jaren and edda time and jaren shares her suspicions that Celine had an effect on the journalist you know that because all of a sudden she clammed up once Celine got there she didn't tell her anything so they kind of maybe have this theory that maybe Celine's the one out of jealousy who may have leaked the documents. Right. But at the very least, she had something to do with it. Yes. Um, and so it's like, well, we're we're going to figure it out. She's like, meanwhile, I'm finished with these plans for uh, the golf course and everything. So I'm going to go drop mm -hmm. them at Sarah Khan's. And I mm -hmm. love it because Jaren's like, <laughs> you know, you don't have to prove anything to him, right? You don't need to drop it off like right this second. And but she's kind of like, well, I just want to do it and be done with it, so I never have to see him again. Yeah, sure, okay, Edda. Uh huh. So you want to you want to go see him so that you never have to see him again? Okay. Yeah, 
<laughs> totally logical. Yes. So I'm going to be completely honest. I fast forwarded through this part because basically it's just dinner with yeah. Khan and Melo meeting Ifair. Fifi mm-hmm. and Erdem crash it. Yep. And it's awkward. It's this. They're all trying to suss him out. And he's well, and Erdem is trying to play tough guy the whole time, which is really funny. Yes, he like gets all in his face, and he's all, "I speak for Serkan Bolat." Yes, <laughs> what are you doing here? He's all trying to be super tough. Yes, and Khan is just laughing at him. Yep, and you know he's laying it on real thick with his charm and singing the lemonade's praises because he had yes. some with Melo the day before, and so uh-huh. of course he'd love more of it. Yada yada yada. So, well, then we switch over. To Celine leaving the office. Yes. And Fer- and Federic follows her. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, snap. This and, can't end well. Yep. And then we switch back over to Jaren and Ada. And Jaren's like, I'm going to go um, get a good night's sleep, blah, blah, blah. She's like, don't do anything impulsive. Uh-huh. This, this is what I wrote. Jaren, in quotes. Don't do anything impulsive. Ada, with an asterisk on either side, drives to Sercon's. <laughs> immediately immediately <laughs> so uh, a quick the quick ending to the whole con dinner is he leaves and i essentially is like hey melo honey <laughs> sweetheart <laughs> let's have a talk you're not gonna like what i'm saying but break up with the guy yeah and poor melo's like wasn't he great? This is such a good dinner. And then she kind of realizes what Ifer has said. And she's mm-hmm. like, what? What do you mean? And Ifer, again, she's she's no fool either. Mm-hmm. Edda has all these smart women around her. And Ifer is perceptive. And she's like, I don't trust anything that comes out of this man's mouth. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about this. And I want you to really consider what kind of a man he probably he possibly is. Yep. And it's troublesome to Melo, but Melo's but I I fair's like, you know what? Let it bug you, let it trouble you, because I just want you to think about it. Yeah. So that was a very good ending, I thought, to that whole dinner because I was worried that he was gonna pull one over on everybody. Now, can I point out I fair saw right through Khan. Mm-hmm. She she didn't have any feelings like that when Serkan came over for dinner. No, she didn't. Not at so all. So maybe that wasn't as fake even back then as the two of them would have liked to think it was. Mm-hmm. Well, and she could at least tell that Serkan is a sincere guy. Yes, absolutely. And I just, he, yeah. yeah, I just loved that it was like, oh, you saw right through Khan. But even though you thought this was rushed and a little crazy between Edda and Serkan, you absolutely were like, this is legit and sincere and yeah. So Yeah. And was like, Edda, have you fallen in love with him? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yep. So meanwhile, um, we switch back over. Edda has now arrived at Serkan's and um, she's walking up and getting ready to deliver the plans that she finished and she walks up in the middle of a conversation with Celine and uh Sarah because she had arrived a few minutes earlier and they were kind of already starting to chat a bit yeah and so she hears uh Celine saying Sarah you've changed a lot mm-hmm. before oh because he was kind of singing the horse's praises like how happy he was about him recovering and all this stuff 
Yeah. And she basically. The horse's was, name is Star, by the way. Uh-huh. Sure is. So um, she says, before, such words would never have occurred to you. Like, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have said words like that out loud. She's like, the Sarakon from before Eda and the present one are completely different people. Mm-hmm. And he says, interesting. Angen told me the same thing. Only, I don't really see a difference. Hmm. Lie number one. <laughs> And then she says, did you split up with Eda? And she says, Pearl mentioned something. And he says, I don't know. I guess. Lie number two. (laughs) You know what? This is Celine saying, you know what? It was very difficult for me to leave you. I mean, even though I still loved you. Now, at this point, Ferit has walked up next to Eda. Yeah. And they're both listening in. And shushes her and says, I think we both need to hear this. Yeah. So now they're both listening. And um, so she says, so Celine goes on and says, but it was a good lesson for me. And maybe breaking up with Edda will be a good lesson for you. Maybe it will do you good. And he says, how's that? She says, I don't know, Serkan. I mean, Ferry is an amazing man and I'm trying to build my life with him. But it's my mind or logic that tells me that I should be with him, that he's the right choice. And Sarkon says, but? She says, but I don't know if it's true. And then Edda and Ferry kind of exchange a sad little look. Mm-hmm. And so Sarkon's like, so you basically are obeying the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And she says, why are you smiling about this? And he's like, well, ironically, because if I had to listen to my logic, you fit me like nobody else does. Yeah. So if you listen to the voice of reason, it's telling you Farid. But if I listen to the voice of reason, it's telling me you. Yeah. So what do we do? Obey the voice of reason. And then it flashes to Ada's face. Mm-hmm. And Celine's saying, well, what about you and Ada? The two of you was being with Ada listening to the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And he says, there's no logic between us. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, then what? And clearly uh- it's. Now it's getting into the big time feeling zone. He would have to admit that it's his heart that's telling him to be with her. Yep. Rather than his mind. Rather than his mind. He can't answer that question. So he does his Sercon avoidance and he says, can we get to work already? Yep. So it's, it's just, you're like, hello, this is so obvious. I know. And at this point, it should also be very clear to Celine as well, because him just avoiding the question was evidence enough, in my right. opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. So after this. Oh, yeah. It's Ferry and Edda. Yes. They're walking back to their cars now. Like, we've heard yeah. enough. Let's go. Uh-huh. And do you have any of this? I do. Okay. And Ferry basically admits that he knows that he's the safe option for Celine, mm-hmm. But he loves her so much that he doesn't really care and if that's not heartbreaking, <laughs> I don't know what is. I know. Like, imagine just – imagine you're in that position where you're engaged to somebody you love. You know that they don't love you as much as you love them. But you're- Or if they love you at all because we have yet to hear Celine say that or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. She always she says she trusts – what a great guy he is. She talks about trusting him. Trusting him. Yep. That she appreciates him. He's a wonderful man. But never has the word love come out of her mouth in regards to Farid. No. She's admitted that she loved Serkan and it was hard to leave him. 
Mm-hmm. She's used that word towards him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Edda is like, well, in my opinion, love is always better than logic. Yeah. Ugh. And so he is like, well, I think that Serkan should trust you because obviously he's an idiot he not never- to. Exactly. Yeah. And so right at the end of this, she's like, okay, listen, Fairy, I need to ask you a question. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. So she straight up asks if he thinks that Celine is the one who gave the contract to the press. And I was so shocked because he just straight up confesses. Yep. And he tells her that it was him and he asks her not to tell because Celine has lied about the situation just to protect him. And uh, so – but he was totally, totally uh, straight with her and mm-hmm. honest and – she does agree not to say anything, and I kind of think at this point she's thinking, look, this is all over anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm dropping this folder off, and we're going to be done forever, so who cares if I keep this secret because mm-hmm. there is no engagement any longer anyway. Right. So what does it matter who leaked the contract? Because it's null. We're not yeah. doing this anymore as it is. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So she winds up leaving the thing on his windshield even though she came to deliver it in person, mm-hmm. and she goes home. Um, thank God Serkan and Sirius – or Serkan and Sirius – Serkan and Celine finish working. She actually invites him out for a drink, and he's like, uh-huh. it's been a long day. I need to take Sirius for a walk. Like, I need the fresh air. Yeah. Maybe another time. So she's like, okay. She leaves. First of mm-hmm. all, he's wearing a hoodie. Love to see it. <laughs> Second, he, um, he basically is like – so serious where should we go for a walk and he's like oh i think that's where we should go too so clearly we know where they're going yeah so, because sirius wants to go there mm-hmm. it's not sarkon who wants to go back to no. that park oh sorry it's totally serious uh-huh so we pan over to that area and ed is also out on a walk and she's sitting on the bench and she's having flashbacks and some of them are good some of them are bad yeah um just over the course of their time together so far and as that's happening she sees Sirius coming up and approaching so yeah but she hasn't seen Sarkhan yet Sirius is off his leash Mm -hmm. so she gets up and goes and hides in some nearby bushes because she does not want to deal with them yeah (laughs) but Sirius has Edda radar Uh (laughs) uh-huh And finds her. And Sarkhan's like, Sirius, where are you going? Like, what's in there? And they find her. And he's like, uh-huh. what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, I went for a walk. What are you doing here? Isn't this far away from your home? <laughs> Love it. And it's funny because he says, well, Sirius really likes it here. Can you just sit with us for a few minutes on the bench? And they sit down. And he uh-huh. says, Sirius missed you. And- <laughs> Now, on Turk Flick, I tweeted this last night, but I took the screenshot because Turk Flick added their own commentary in parentheses and said, Evet, serious, her. <laughs> and I was like, even the translators know Serkan is full of it. That is so funny. I love, they do that fairly often and it cracks me up. I love it. There was a scene in Jason Ray Gazelle where the, like, big baddie of the show, he, he, like, starts saying something. He's like, 
in prison and he uh-huh. goes to the bathroom and when he comes out he starts talking about how unhygienic air dryers are because uh-huh. there aren't paper towels for him to wash his hands uh-huh. and he says something about how unhygienic air dryers are and the, the translator was like Rosa is right these are very unhygienic <laughs> like thank you for your input turk flick translator <laughs> well that was also like another uh i don't remember if it was jace or Faye guzel or a different dz but someone had posted in the group where it was like about a some type of snack or baked good maybe simit but okay. it was like oh you can see more about this snack in uh in Kivanch's other DZ, such and such. <laughs> That's like, right. Like Gamouche or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. Anyhow, so thank you, Turklik, <laughs> for the commentary. But, you know, after this, she basically fawns over Sirius, tells him how much she missed him too, what a good boy he is. And mm-hmm. Sarah Khan is just watching this interaction between the two of them. Like, very lovingly. <laughs> yeah, his eyeballs are about to explode from the hard eyes that yep. he's giving her. Yep. And, you know, after she spends a little bit of time with Sirius, she basically is like, I need to go. And she gets up and walks away. They, She, she and Sarkon don't really exchange any words. No. She says goodbye specifically to Sirius. To Sirius. And she and says, see you later, Sirius. She says, gruder shudus. She doesn't say hoshchakal. Mm-hmm. And then Sarkon... My heart oh my God. fell out of my chest and died. Because he says, you didn't say don't go, Sirius. Oh. Yes, because your dog is emotionally responsible for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so all, he's all he needed to do was just say get me. That's all you needed to say, Sarkon. I know. Two syllables, one word. I know. But apparently it's Sirius's responsibility to Yep. <laughs> to, to keep Edda around. Yep. Oh man. So the next morning, Edda's updating the girls. And eventually, basically, what happens is they put two and two together. Yes. They're able to figure out this that Khan was using Melo. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff. So Melo as she's coming to this realization, feels horrible. She starts crying and she's like, I promised I, w- I, promised I was going to tell you about him and I. We were just trying to figure out what this was. But now I can see he was just using me to get to you. And mm-hmm. she is – she's just horrified. And Edda, instead of being mad, mm-hmm. just goes over and hugs her. I love it. And they just – it's such a sweet moment, you guys. Like the, it, it ends up in a whole big group hug. Like we're going to take care of this. You know, this isn't your fault. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just the terrible person. And they basically make a plan. Yeah. And Melo is like, I'm going to I'm going to avenge you. Yep. <laughs> yep. She's ready to. Yeah. She's ready to kick some butt. Yeah. So this is <laughs> now this moment specifically of all uh-huh. the moments. I was like, no matter this is what. Your favorite safety yep, moment. No matter what safety does from here on out, <laughs> he will always have a spot in my heart. Because he's leaving and Safi uh, – sorry, Sarkon is, is leaving for the day. He's mm-hmm. out by his car and Safi comes out. And does he ask where his mom is? No, well, because he finds the plans on his windshield and he's like, what oh, the heck? right. So he says to Safi, where's Edda? Edda. Yeah, 
Yeah, because he sees the folder, so he's like, well, obviously she was here at some point. Yeah, so he's like, Safi, have you seen Ada? And Safi's like, no. And he goes, do you know what I do see? And Zircon's like, what do you see? <laughs> Safi says, a lonely man. <laughs> and then walks away. And we all stood up and clapped for Safi. <laughs> Snaps for Safi. Snaps for Safi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. And it's funny because Zircon's like, everyone is losing their minds because they're all Team Edda. And uh-huh. these are all people he's had in his life for years. Yeah. Well, it's like, hello. Then wake up, Zircon. What yeah. do they all know that you apparently don't? Exactly. So, oh, so good. So, meanwhile, at work, Angen and Duran are walking in together. And he's basically venting to her about Zircon and his frustration. Like, he's my yes. best friend and I love him, but he's being an idiot and – Ada's great, and Jiren is totally being Ada's hype man. Like, yeah, good luck to him after Ada leaves his life. It's going to be boring and horrible because she just basically lights everyone's lives up that she's a part of, and mm-hmm. I love it. So Angen's basically like, well, I am the most – what I'm really grateful for, though, is like it brought you to me, like our friendship. You know, Ada brought you into my life, and it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Basically, then Peril's coming, so she's like, hurry, mm-hmm. start laughing, act funny, you know, yeah. and they all walk into work. Yeah. Do do we want to go over like this last final little bit of Engin and Pearl and Jiren? Yes. Yes. Um, let's just do that. Yeah, because essentially Engin and Jiren make a plan to get Engin on a date with Pearl. <laughs> so uh, they say that they're planning on going. It's like some sort of architectural exhibit, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to pretend like, oh, you know, Jiren was supposed to go with him, but now she can't. Wherever will we find someone else to go to the exhibit with Angin? So Pearl falls for it and she ends up going with him. And then Jiren gives him one last piece of advice. She's like, okay, after the exhibit, if she asks you to go to eat with her, you have to say no. Because she's – they're going to have him play hard to get essentially. Right. So – and that is exactly what happens. When mm-hmm. They're leaving the exhibit. They're talking about what a great time it was, all this stuff. And then she's like, are you hungry? And he's like, uh, I think we should just get back to work. And he's nervous about it because yeah. Peril's obviously like not thrilled that he declined. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Duran, I hope you know what you're talking about. But – Yes. So yeah. We get another little step in that little storyline. Yes. So now we've got Hala and Edda time. Yes. It was such a sweet scene. It really was. Like, they're just – well, she's kind of updating her. Edda's finally updating her on everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to – I'm going to be done with it. I'm going to go back to my old life. Things are going to be great. And, you know, her aunt's like, so brunch with the girls every day and working at the flower shop. And yeah. she's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? It was a good life and I loved it. Yeah. And she's like, I know. She's like, but, you know, it might be difficult to adjust. And she's like, no, it's what I've been doing my whole life. And she's like, that's not what I meant. I meant yeah. it might be a little difficult to get over Sercon. Yeah. And then Edda. I know. She, I know. She, like, the realization hits her that she's actually going to have to, like, deal with this. Uh-huh. And, and she starts to get emotional. Yeah. And you see her eyes well up. And her aunt tells her, like, you need to remember I'm always by your side. Don't mm. forget that. And she gives her a big old hug. Yeah. And again, just another example that is so beautiful in this episode that 
emotions and crying and feeling things, they do not negate how strong a person is. Yep. At all. Absolutely. And Edda is coming to grips with all of this really difficult stuff because even though it's only really been like a month of her life, she is she grew so mm-hmm. close to this man. They were spending all this time together. She obviously developed feelings for him. Yeah. And now she has to deal with that. And her aunt is like, hey, hey, I'm here though. Yeah. And I know this is going to be difficult for you, but you we're, have me. Yeah. We're going to get you through this. Mm-hmm. So now we get hugs all around with them. And then mm-hmm. we move on to art life. And Alptakin has walked into the office, which yeah. he has not done. In a, I mean, he's done it one other time. And even that was considered like really crazy. Mm-hmm. So let me just say, Karam does the whole shocked and confused faces very well throughout this entire scene. He does. Because Alptakin walks in and sits down. And he's like, I just thought I'd have coffee with you before I go into the holding. Yeah. Serkan kind of looks at him and he's like, okay, and then I'll go straight here, you know, to my office. And Serkan says, are you kidding me? He's like, I'm sure you somehow found out about everything that's happened and you came here to point out my mistake and look by looking me straight in the eye. Uh Uh-huh. And I love it because Alptakin says, actually, you're wrong. You think wrong. And he – um. He winds up pulling the folder that Serkan's been looking at, which is Edda's, like, garden plans and mm-hmm. for the land and all that. Mm-hmm. And Alptakin says, wow. No, it's the chandeliers. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Um, it's the chandeliers. Yes. And he says, this is a very beautiful project. And Serkan's like, his face, I took a screenshot of it, not that you guys can see this because He's so you're skeptical. listening. But yes, it's perfect. He's like, what? And Alptakin's looking at it and he's like, wow, something in you. Although, you know, this, there's also some notes of nostalgia in this. And Serkan's like, I didn't realize you were interested in this at all. And he and Alptakin says, well, perhaps I'm changing too. And Serkan kind of does a locked jaw like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I had no idea you were nostalgic, Serkan. And he's like, excuse me? He says, you wiped the dust off of your guitar. Have you decided to play again? And he's like, I'm sorry, how do you know about this? Uh, and Alptakin says, let's just say I noticed it while walking through the garden. <laughs> and he says, it's very good that you're making these changes to your life, no matter what or who pushed you to do something like this. Mm-hmm. He says, so I think you shouldn't jump to conclusions too quickly. And he's like, oh, Edda, really? Like he knows that's what he's talking about. And he says, of course, you found out what happened. Um And he's like, you don't need to worry. And he says, you know, I won't interfere, of course. But to accuse this girl of stealing. And Sarkhan's like, "Uh, hold up. You're not here to defend Edda. Yeah. You don't even know her. Let me remind you, you said you didn't want to know anything about her. And he says, listen, Sarkhan, we have lived in the same routine for years. Mm -hmm. He says, we couldn't get out of it. I couldn't get away from it. And for the first time in my life, I found the courage to come to your office and to say something to you. Mm-hmm. We're changing. You, me, your mom, we're all changing. And this girl is who is changing us. Mm-hmm. And Serkan's like, 
looking off to the side like, what is happening right now? Yeah, his mind is being blown. He's like, mm-hmm. who is this? What is this? This is not my life. This is not my father. <laughs> yes. And he's like, you know, Optikin says, I don't know. There are just these kinds of people and they appear in our environment and they change everything. Listen, this is important. And Serkan's like, and what about trust in all of this? And Optikin says, well, this is also a habit, but you can get out of that framework. So I think what he's trying to say to him is like, you need to step out of the frame of mind you've been in in regards to this so far. Right. And, you know, because he says when it comes to work, you have great, strong instincts. Mm-hmm. Please use these same things mm-hmm. when dealing with Edda. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what they tell you. Yeah. And if he's like, Sarkon's like, well, like I said before, it's all over. So you're a little bit late, but thank you for the advice. And yeah. I love it because he still says, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a little moment of Sarkon noticing his style change and like, oh, you're going to the office wearing that? Uh-huh. <laughs> and Layla like gives Alptikin two thumbs up for it. And, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's super cute. Yes. So we we show – we have Edda. She's back at the florist. She's arranging this beautiful flower arrangement. I was like, holy crap, that's gorgeous. Um, and Serkan walks in because he had, he was at that point after his dad leaves, he grabs the folder and he starts looking through it Mm -hmm. and, um, he's, he's moved obviously Mm -hmm. and he gets up and he leaves. Well, and he, this is probably the first time he's ever done this because remember he yelled at Layla last week for canceling his day. Yeah. And what does he tell Layla to do to cancel cancel all his meetings? Uh huh. Because he's got to go see his girl. Yep. So he heads over and she he walks up and she's like, oh, great. <laughs> she kind of freezes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even – does she even say, like, what are you doing here? Yeah, she asks him what he's doing here. And okay. I also noted that he doesn't have one coughing attack or any type of allergy attack during this entire visit. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, you know, you did wonders and then you left this folder on my car. And she's like, well, I didn't want to disturb you and Celine. So we probably – she's like, so, you know, since since that happened, we probably don't need a contract anymore. Can you please leave? Yeah, I don't want to see you again, again Uh for the 40th time now. So uh, he's like, I came for you and – He's like, so you're going to come with me. And she says, are you crazy? Yeah, she's like, you've lost your mind. Did you forget what you told me? What you accused me of? How you humiliated me? And she's like, she's like, I I need you to leave. You should just leave. And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm not leaving till you come to the car with me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The gall of this man. But. Now, He's, if this had happened after, like, he had attempted apologizing to her several times, I would have been like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Yeah. But he's being so cocky. Like, oh, if I just walk in here and sing her praises and be like, no, I'm not leaving until you come with me. Like, yeah. not enough, Serkan. Not no, enough. And it doesn't work because she's, cause she's like, oh, you're not going to leave? Then I will. Yes. So she grabs her purse and she starts to walk away. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> So he's like, I said you worked miracles. <laughs> I yeah. want you working on this project. You won't even have to work with me. And she's like, yeah, I won't work with you under any circumstances. 
And he's like, even though I came here. <laughs> she's like, so? He's all, Edda, I'm trying to tell you to take the project that you worked on. Are you giving up my offer? You won't come? She says, I won't come, Serkan Bolat. Mm-hmm. At least not now. And he's like, well, if not now, when? Soon. <laughs> I'll come to you so that you'll regret that you, call, that you called me a liar and a betrayer. And he's like, okay. So that's, that's kind of the end of that. Yeah, because she's basically saying, when I have the evidence, then I'll come see you. Exactly. And, and, and I'll make a fool of you. Yep. So he leaves. And then she has an emotional moment because she, I know. you know, she held her ground and did well. So she has a bit of an emotional moment. And, you know, but again, proud of her. So totally. then we get um, Fifi and Melo. Basically, yes. they chloroform Khan. They steal the pictures and yes. get everything sent to Edda. That's essentially what <laughs> happens. I loved it. Because when, Fifi when can Fifi, just get chloroform. <laughs> when she went up behind him, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Apparently they're spies now and <laughs> Fifi, I don't know what Fifi does. She runs <laughs> run some kind of underground drug ring or something. I know. She Where is. She- She's like actually a crime boss and that's how she has chloroform and <laughs> Oh my goodness, it is too much. Oh, so good. So stinking good. Okay. Uh, so Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, cuz we, now we have a quick we've got the meeting with the Americans and uh the DZ gods heard our our cries and uh, we oh had my some gosh. English speaking in this episode. Well, first of all, when he says, Miss Lane, how are you? Uh huh. And then she answers. I'm like, <laughs> okay, guys, Karem <laughs> has an actual American accent, and the quote, American has very much a Turkish accent, which uh-huh. obviously she's Turkish. Yes. We're not, I'm not making fun of her accent. What no, I'm laughing no, no. at is that she's supposed to be American and he's not. Yes. <laughs> I know, so funny. But they they had some mercy on the poor girl, and that was the only line she had to say in English. Yes, because then it's mostly like a montage after that and stuff. Yes. Um, but you know, I love it because he. I said I lost my mind, and then yeah, Fifi chloroforms Khan. They steal everything. They send it all to Edda. Explain to her that it's all time stamped. They'll be, she'll be able to prove everything. Yes. Melo kind of has her little sad moment where she deletes Khan from her phone in her life, mm-hmm. and it's it's sad. Um, and then Fifi plays Tarkon to, to cheer her up. Like, she brings back her phone with Tarkon's music on it. Yes. Um, well, and I love that Fifi tells – because Fifi's kind of bolstering her, and she mm-hmm. says, no, today you're very strong because you're standing on your own two feet. Yeah. Like, yes, this is hard. But you're going to get through it and you're doing this all on your own. You're standing on your own two feet. So I was like, oh, yes, this girl gang. I love them so much. Yeah, me too. So then we get 22 seconds, you guys, <laughs> of Karem speaking English. <laughs> I and mean, he's very distracted. So no. a lot of it is, uh, uh. It's so funny. Yes, because I was going to say he's tripping over his words because he sees Edda walk in and he's like, so, uh, yeah, we're excited to see our chandeliers light up your hotels. And uh, uh, mm, uh, uh, uh. and he's like, uh, sorry, will you excuse me, Engin, Pearl, you guys take over. Yeah, you guys take over in your obviously 
perfect English, just like mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he runs after her. Yes, he's like, he does. she's here. I have to. Do- I have to get my woman. <laughs> and she stops, and she's like, "She." I said, "Girl, got receipts because she's like, I have it. I have your proof that you have no." No reason not to trust me that I am innocent yep. and I, it's all ready for you. And you're going to regret that you ever tr- like mistrusted me. Yeah. And as she goes to hand him the file, he says, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And he says, I believe you. Mm-hmm. She says, well, thank you very much. A little <laughs> bit late, but. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, listen, Edda. And he says, it has nothing to do with you uh-huh. and everything to do with me. Yep. He tells her, I can't trust anyone. I need proof to trust. And she's like, oh, how wonderful. (laughs) And then she like nudges the folder at him like, well, here's your proof again. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, no, you were right. You were right in what you said. A person doesn't need proof to trust. Mm -hmm. Whatever should be trusted. And I trust you. Which, listen, I was really glad he came to this. I was really glad that I – I fully believe he had every intention of telling her that even before she explained what was in the folder. Yes. I think that's why he ran out there after her in the middle of this very important meeting. Oh, yeah. But for her, it was like, it's too little too late because I already worked to get all this proof and I'm glad you don't need it now. But, you know, and I love it because she tells him like, well, where was this yesterday? Yep. You should have said this from the start that Edda Edda would never do that. You hurt my pride. You humiliated me. You punished me. And that hurt me a lot, Sarkhan. Yeah. And then she kind of explains how, like, what's inside the folder, right? Yeah, like, that it was Khan. Uh-huh. That he, how he got it. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. So then hmm. we get the – so, yes, this is a heart-wrenching end to mm-hmm. this episode. But like you said, you made a really good point. That this felt like it needed to happen because she takes off the ring and she gives it back to him and she says, this game is over, Sarkhan Bolat. Never come back for anything. Goodbye. But it's like, okay, the fake engagement is officially over. They have finished everything as far as what was fake, what was not real, Mm -hmm. what was a lie. And... (laughs) Throughout all of that, all of that, quote, fakeness, they developed real feelings. They Mm -hmm. developed real trust now, especially on his part, because what a trial by fire with his trust specifically Mm -hmm. than a horrible situation like this to really test him and for him to come out the other side of truly believing her and knowing that she wouldn't do anything like this. Right. Yep. So this felt like a very good closing on this chapter of deceit and lies all around. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, as heart-wrenching as this was, it was very necessary because, yep. like we already said, he needs to earn her. Mm-hmm. And while I'm glad he is making strides towards that, it's not enough yet for her to just fall into his arms after he's like, well, I trust you. Yes. Because he still needs to apologize. Well, and, and ask for her forgiveness. She, yeah, and now she probably doesn't trust him as much. Right. Yep. Because he was so quick to believe the worst. Yes. And so, yeah, I am very much looking forward to a groveling Sarkon. 
And I said, I also hope, and I said this at the end of the live watch last week, but um, on Twitter, but I said, I really want him to have his dinner thing with the girls that they've, you know, been wanting. Yes. And they set him straight and they really give him like a trial by fire mm-hmm. to really test out like, are you deserving of her? And then it'll likely be Malo because she's Malo will be the one to kind of help him find her where she is so he can make things up to her. Um, and then I said just yesterday, I was it came into my head because I was like, okay, like Hannah and I were kind of talking about this when she first was watching it with subs. Mm-hmm. Like what could Sarkon actually do to like show her he's sorry because she's not going to like big gestures that are pricey and expensive and showy. Mm-hmm. And so she said – I liked her idea and I was like, okay, I'm going to share this. I'll give you credit. But she said, what if he writes her a song and plays it for her? Because that would be a huge personal gesture. That's not something he has to go spend money on or, you know, he can't just pull out his wallet and fix it. Yeah. So I liked that. And then yesterday I was thinking about this and I decided, I was like, you know what? I want him to write like a heartfelt, I'm sorry, will you forgive me thing? Mm-hmm. but have it put on the back of one of those diesel trucks. That would be really cute. And then oh when he gosh. like when he like handcuffs her to himself to make her forgive him and they're uh-huh. in the car, he just happens to arrange it where he's behind this diesel and then sees it. But I said, if that doesn't happen, then I need that to be in the future, his marriage proposal to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – yeah. That. Oh, my gosh. That but really, like, what would be a good gesture? Because like you said, you can't just buy something really expensive and send it to her. No. It would need to be – that would be the equivalent of giving Sarkhan a watch for his birthday. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, I feel like the – okay, here's my idea. Okay. <laughs> that I just came up with right now. Um, I could see him also potentially – doing research into flower meanings and flower Mm. arrangements and having a special flower arrangement made for Edda that she would understand. That it would like decode a message. Mm -hmm. Here for it. Yeah. I guess we'll see though. I know. I'm so excited because I don't know. You probably haven't watched them, but the fragments look so good. These are like, and I think I told you yesterday or whenever you and I were out Saturday Mm -hmm. um, that I, these are like my favorite fragments ever. I don't, and who's to say it'll be my favorite episode? I don't know. But right. the fragments themselves are the best ones they've put out, I think. Maybe I'll um, watch them. They're, they're really good. They're so good. I think you should. Um, and so, yeah. I wanted to share really quickly, though. Um, there is a group on Facebook called Senshal Kapama for English Speakers. Mm-hmm. And there is a girl in here, and I got her permission. Um, her name's Tazine. And she she does these, like, breakdowns. She notices, like, all these little things. And I just thought this was very interesting. I meant to read this when we were kind of talking about Khan, but I forgot. Okay. But she titled it Braveheart versus the Buccaneer. And she said, This post is an acknowledgement and appreciation of the creatives of Senchal Kapama who make great efforts to create the set and subtle situations and representations for us viewers – to enhance our experience and stimulate our intelligence beyond just the actors and dialogue. Mm. And she's com- she's about to compare the personality traits between Khan and Sarkhan in regards to their desk decorations. Whoa. 
that I never even paid attention to until she was posting like screenshots of this stuff. Yeah, girlfriend is <laughs> amazing. And wow. she's, she's posted a ton since then in the group, but I only got permission to share this one. So, okay. She said, while watching episode eight, I noticed a model of a huge pirate sloop ship on Khan's desk, which wasn't there before. And I started wondering if there was any encoded symbolism related to the items on his desk. In my opinion, these are clues to his personality in the chess pieces featured in episode two, in this mm. sloop ship, and as well as the cheetah statue. If we look at the history of pirate ships, we, we see that the great advantage of the sloops were that they were quick and could attack swiftly and get away fast after robbing treasure. Another advantage is that it could hide in the shallower waters to escape warships because of its, sal- because of its shallow draft. Similarly, the cheetah is also known for its speed and hunting of smaller prey. Hmm. The chess pieces indicate Khan's love of manipulation and playing with people's lives. We see that Khan literally pirated to use or reproduce another's work for profit without permission. Yeah. Sarah Khan's precious treasure of the original chandelier drawings. Um, and sorry, I lost my spot. Um, and got them reproduced out in the market um, at lightning speed, uh, like a cheetah. <laughs> and his habit, and he also has a habit for hunting for weaker prey like fairy, malo, etc. Um, in order to spy on Sarkon. In the other hand, we see a new statue of a lion featured prominently on Sarkon's desk, representing leadership, bravery, a protective nature, being a loner, etc., which are very suitable descriptions for his personality and very opposite of Khan's. The lion statue replaced the previous horse head, which had been there, which also represents Sarkon's noble, energetic, passionate, upright, and aspiring nature, in her opinion. Mm-hmm. Because we also see Sarkon preserving Ada's flowers mm-hmm. and a small replica of the Temple of Apollo that they visited, <gasps> which I went back and looked, and it's there. Oh, my gosh. Well, and the whole lion thing, again, his name mm-hmm. means, like, noble blood. Uh-huh. Yep. She says, so this gives us a clue that contrary to opinion, Sarkon is sentimental as well. Strangely enough, both men have replicas of antique globes on their desks from earlier episodes, which appears in the front pieces of atlases, navigational treaties, philosophical tracts, and astronomical astronomical handbooks. It's the symbol of the emperor and the fool, the scholar and the idiot. The image of the globe can symbolize the salvation of mankind and its undoing. Here, it might symbolize Serkan's love for astronomy and celestial studies and be a symbol of power for Khan. So wow. I love that she took note of the things that were on their desk because you know what? I'm sure they do mean stuff. I'm sure of they do course. mean something. Like, yeah. So I like, yeah, I love reading into her little insights and stuff now because she notes these tiny details that I probably never would have paid attention to before. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I know. Thank you to her. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And thank you for letting me share that. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah, a lot to look forward to. And yeah, I'm just very excited for this episode, this new episode. I I feel like it's going to be good, even if it doesn't. Even if we're just getting teased, even if it doesn't end up with any kissing or anything, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to start a new chapter between them no matter what. And, like, that I'm very excited about. Yes. So. (sighs) Good episode. (sighs) Yes. So, anyhow, um, what did you guys think? Did you have different opinions than us? Do you have thoughts or insights that maybe we didn't go over? Because, again, like, we're going to miss stuff. It's just going to happen. But Oh, yeah. 
Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this and we love hearing from you. So as always, feel free to shoot us an email. Um, all of our socials, the email, all of that. I realize I say it every week, but we put it in the episode notes. So you yep. can cl- click to find us in any of those places. Um, and But I will uh, ask if you would be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. It really helps mm-hmm. make the podcast more visible yep. um, for other DZ lovers who need to connect with other DZ lovers all over the world. So yep. um, anyhow, we love you guys. Thank you so much for bearing with us for however long this episode wound up being. <laughs> yep. And until next time, good or shoes. Post your call. Thank you.